3: Welcome to Football Full Circle on a Thursday right here on Sports Grid Radio and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens alongside Joe Lisi yet again and we had so much fun yesterday looking at the futures market for this upcoming college football season. That's where our attention will be once more on this Thursday right here, Lisi. I know you get juiced up when we talk college football, so I look forward to doing that once more.
4: Oh, this is what it's all about, Ben, right? Heisman Trophy talk, who's Mm. got an outside shot at a potential college football playoff berth, national championship. We have some talk about super conferences, Big Ten maybe selecting their own conference, or breaking away from the NCAA, and a little NIL sanction or registration, should I say, in terms of, you know, really trying to buckle up the NIL deals. That's what uh, college football is all about in the offseason, and I I love talking about uh, talking about it with you 24/7.
3: Absolutely so, Lisey, because right now the focus in the offseason, as we discussed yesterday, a lot of it on Jordan Addison, the wide receiver currently in the transfer portal, played for Pittsburgh last year, won the Bolitnikov Award as the best wide out in the country. He's now apparently, Joe, according to reports, out in Southern California working with Alabama's quarterback in Bryce Young. We thought that Jordan Addison was out in Southern California to maybe transfer to USC where there had been some rumored interest and maybe some rumored money at the hands of the nil collective booster back thing happening for the trojans but maybe nick saban and the Tide swoop in to get jordan addison it's
4: all part of the landscape right now as we try to figure things out a couple months out from the college football campaign isn't it interesting how Nick Saban always has his hand in the cookie jar? Like yeah. like Narduzzi's yelling at Lincoln Riley, he's blasting him, and there's the mad scientist in the lab saying, hey, Bryce, why don't you take out Jordan Addison for a yeah. little uh, toss and catch there, right? I mean, they need help. I mean, Hall, one of their big play playmakers that would um, be there in this off- uh, offense this year, he's transferred out or suspended, so he won't be there. Mechie moves on, Jamison Williams moves on can you imagine a a Bryce Young to Jordan Addison uh, type of connection in 2022 SEC defenses are going to be scratching their heads how do we stop this team They're going to be really upset because last year they had to
3: try to stop Jamison Williams and John Mechie III, and so to have maybe Jordan Addison there in Tuscaloosa would throw another wrinkle into that already what we can expect to be high-powered offense for Alabama once again. Who hit the transfer portal early, Nick Saban has given his thoughts on NIL throughout the entirety of this offseason as well, Joe, but when we look at Alabama right now, and you look at the Crimson Tide, it should not be a surprise to see Alabama as the favorite to win a national championship. Big picture perspective here, Joe. The Tide plus 200, the shortest odds to win the Natty next year. Georgia, the second best odds, but a dollar and a half behind Alabama at plus 350. Those two teams that met in the SEC championship game this past year. Of course, in the national championship game once more as well, with Georgia winning their first national championship in nearly 40 years. There's a market on FanDuel, Joe, for already, at this point, on May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, Thursday, May 5th, just past the halfway point of this college football offseason there's already a market out there Joe for Alabama and or Georgia versus the field Georgia or Alabama versus the field and the odds are relatively similar Joe the field is the favorite barely at minus 125 Georgia or Alabama even money at plus 100 that is crazy how much of the marketplace Georgia and Alabama already occupy and it's just the first week of May
4: it is, and I think it's just Alabama at this point, and that's not a knock on Georgia and what Kirby Smart was able to do uh, last year and winning the national championship, but the attrition, right? Yeah. Moving on to the NFL, we saw Georgia send five players in terms of the first round, break that record. They broke LSU's record not too long ago of 14 players moving on from 2019, and we saw the drop-off with Ed Ogeron in terms of back-to-back mediocre 500 seasons. Can Georgia sustain the attrition. That's the biggest thing. You win your first national championship in 41 years, you lose George Pickens, you lose James Cook, you lose Zamir White, Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, Trayvon Walker. I mean, the list goes on and on. Seeing the safety, I mean, Walker, I mean, how much can Georgia sustain? Alabama's used to it. When you win six national championships in Tuscaloosa, you you understand how to reload and handle the pressure. That's the concern for Georgia. So, I think it's Alabama right now. I think there is value at plus 200. Clearly, Caleb Williams and Bryce Young are the two best quarterbacks in college football entering the season at this point. And you have a coach that won seven national championships looking for his eighth. I mean, plus 200, I would take that. I think right now, though, Ben, the only realistic team that has an outside shot is Ryan Day and Ohio State. They get Grinch, uh, not Grinch, uh, um, the defensive coordinator from Oklahoma State. They have yeah. the playmaker in terms of C.J. Stroud, Travion Anderson, two big play-wide receivers at 5-1, to one, and the drop-off from Ohio State to Michigan in terms of losing all that defensive talent. You have to yeah. say, Ohio State clearly is the second-best team heading into the season uh, in the month of August, no? And you could certainly make the argument at plus 500, there's an easier path also for Ohio
3: State to the national championship game than there is for either Alabama or Georgia, especially if once again they play each other in the sec championship game jim knowles is that defensive coordinator that came over from stillwater and now is at in columbus at the helm of that defense for ryan day in the ohio state buckeyes well look at the big 10 odds on the other side of the break here ohio state the odds on favorite not surprising but where is the value of the big 10 conference we discuss that next on
1: 21 plus only must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply.
0: You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe
3: Lisi and Ben Stevens. We're at the halfway point. We're about the halfway point of this college football offseason. Yesterday was the college football offseason equinox. The exact halfway point from the ending of last year's season with a national championship game on Monday January 10th to where things will begin for 2022 on the weekend of August 27th in week number zero. So this is football full circle where we continue to break down the odds board for the college football campaign in 2022. I'm Ben Stevens. He's Joe Lisi, and you're listening all across the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. Lisey, we were just discussing the national championship odds from a big-picture perspective here in the first week of this month of May. We have Alabama as the favorites at plus 200. Georgia the second-best price at plus 350. Both you and I believe there is some value on Ohio State at 5-1 to one, with the third-best odds currently on the board. And as we lay this out, of course the thought process is always this. It's the same, Joe, as when we get to the first week of December and the college football playoff rankings really start to mean something for the landscape of CFP. What is your path? What is your conference championship going to mean to you? And what does that look like to the committee? So, of course, when you think of the Power Five conferences, Ohio State with the third-best odds to win the national championship, but a minus money, odds-on favorite at minus 200 to win the Big Ten, you would think, Joe Lisi, just based on the path to get there, as it is every single offseason, sets up well for the Buckeyes.
4: It does. And schedules matter so much more in college than they do the NFL. You know, uh, Carver brings this up. We're not going to go through win, loss, win, loss. But in college football where you're dealing with 18 to 22-year-olds where back-to-back road games matter and these kids have to go to school or the classroom and they have outside itineraries that they're not used to, you know, travel affects certain teams differently. And look, you could look at that game against Michigan. State last year on the road in West Lafayette. They knock off the Michigan Wolverines in a marquee game. They're implemented and solidified in the top four. They go on the road to face Aiden O'Connell and the Mm. Purdue Boilermakers and they get absolutely annihilated because they couldn't handle the trip. That's what matters. So when we look at the teams that realistically have a chance to compete for a national championship, it's really, I want to say, only maybe five to eight Ben, right? And sure, out of the Big sure. Ten, I think the, the team that clearly is head and shoulders above the rest has to be C.J. Stroud and the Ohio State Buckeyes. When you look at the top, type of offensive firepower that they possess, there's nobody in the conference that, could, that can actually go toe-to-toe with them right now. And Lisey brought up a great point in our first segment. Hiring Jim
3: Knowles away from Oklahoma State, bringing him to Ohio State with what the Pokes did last year, the fourth best total defense in the country, Ohio State's Achilles heel last year, Joe, and really even in 2020 as they made their march to the college football playoff, was that defense, at least in 2020, the Buckeyes up front in terms of their rush defense was stellar, top five in the country. Their secondary is where they were lacking. Last year, there were really holes across the board for that Ohio State defense, so bringing in Jim knowles i think gives ohio state a big step up and you might be thinking to yourself stop harping on the buckeyes stop saying it's ohio state's conference although they're minus 200 to win the big 10 overall they're minus 300 lisi to win the big 10 east have we forgotten about the team that beat ohio state in the game last year in michigan Well, here's my case for that. It was the first year in the Jim Harbaugh tenure that Michigan has beat Ohio State. I do not think, Joe Lisi, there is a world where Ohio State loses to Michigan for a second straight season. I just don't see it happening. And this one is back in Columbus to end out the regular season on Saturday, November 26th. So I don't believe Michigan is that team to knock off Ohio State this year, although they do return a decent amount of talent in themselves with Cade McNamara back at The quarterback position you might even see a lot of J.J. McCarthy this year the young signal caller who was the second highest rated quarterback two years ago in the recruiting class Donovan Edwards making a bigger statement a part of that ground game as well there's a ton of talent back for Michigan I just think it's Ohio State's conference and certainly division in the Big Ten East as well
4: yeah, I attribute the success that Michigan had last year to Georgia. Can they handle it? Right, get to the college football playoff. Think they have a shot? They get blown out by the Georgia Bulldogs. They lose Ajabo. They lose Hutchinson. They mm. lose Daxton Hill in terms of the secondary. How does that affect the mindset and, and more importantly, the identity of the Michigan defense? That's what I'm yeah. concerned about. They lose Hassan Haskins as well to the NFL. Quorum is there, but, but what does this team look like? You know, it, it's one thing to dictate the tempo. That's what Michigan right. did better than anybody. But if they fall from behind by double digits, can McCarthy and Cad McNamara with that type of offense really right. challenge Ohio State or even a team like Penn State? You know, they came from behind in Penn State because it was a very close ball game, one score. Double digits, I have other concerns. So, we'll see how this season plays out. I always say, I go in with a preconceived notion about who I feel is top and then second. And as the season progresses, let's say, After September, then I reassess. I have a pretty good gauge about who could be a contender or a pretender at that particular point.
3: A lot of attrition also for that Michigan coaching staff. Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator who was excellent last year, now goes and joins the other Harbaugh and John Harbaugh as the DC for the Baltimore Ravens. Great for David Ajabo, who was selected by the Ravens in the second round of this 2022 NFL draft. Not so great for the Wolverines. And then there was a very public outing as Josh Gaddis left Michigan as well because there was that time of flux, Joe, if you remember, where Jim Harbaugh had his sights set on returning to the national National Football League and seemed like he was the front runner to be the head coach for the Minnesota Vikings, but the Vikings never sent him a contract offer Mm -hmm. and Jim Harbaugh returned to Michigan. They made it seem like it was this beautiful reunion of the Michigan man and Jim Harbaugh back at his alma mater and there was never a doubt he was going to return. I say malarkey. I think they can try to spin it with all the public relations they try. It was an interesting situation and where Josh Gaddis who was the offensive coordinator last year for Michigan in the last couple of years in Ann Arbor, did not seem to be pleased with how he was treated in the possible replacement of that head coaching search for Jim Harbaugh. Josh Gaddis no longer there as well in Ann Arbor. So an interesting murky situation for Michigan this offseason, and I think that only goes to benefit Ohio State. But obviously at minus 200, and at minus 300 even in the East, Joe, there's not a lot of value on the Buckeyes. The Michigan Michigan Wolverines have the second best odds at plus 450, and then you find the Spartans under Mel Tucker and the Nittany Lions under James Franklin, both with the third best odds at 12-1. to one. Do you think there is any value elsewhere in the Big Ten East division, at least based on the odds of the FanDuel Sportsbook?
4: Yeah, both both uh, coaches got, what, $95 million contracts? Isn't that yep. amazing in terms of yep. what they were able to bring now? Obviously, Kenneth Walker moves on. We have Peyton Thorne there, and, and Mel Tucker did a fantastic job in terms of turning around the culture in East Lansing. Physical. You were dead on in terms of that pick last year. I didn't see that coming with Mel Tucker. They got a lot of Juco talent, a lot of transfers that he cultivated on the defensive side of the ball, and they were there every step of the way. Now, Mm. I still lean to Penn State because I think you know from a defensive perspective, I really like what Penn State has done. Now I understand they lose uh, Fry to uh, to Virginia Tech, but I still like Franklin. Do not, I'm not in love with Clifford, but at the yeah. end of the day, you got to be open up the offense a little bit more under Yursich. We'll see if they can do it. I still lean to Penn State as having value at 80 to one. They do go on the road on the plains to face Brian Harsin and Auburn. If somehow they dominate that ball game, that could catapult them into a top 10 ranking. And the schedules do
3: mean so much, as Lacey laid out. We'll get into team win totals when those are released in just a couple of weeks, probably later on in these summer months as well, and how we break it down and how we go through it to see where the value is based on that over-under for your team win total. But when you look at teams like Ohio State, their first week of the season, Joe, is against Notre Dame. Yes, a first-year head coach now in Marcus Freeman, but we see how inspired the Irish were playing for Marcus Freeman this past year in that bowl game and what it meant to keep him in house in South Bend yes Ohio State opens up on the early look ahead line as a nearly two touchdown favorite but that's still a game that's going to affect not their Big Ten odds but how it looks for them as they look to go back to the college football playoff missed that last year but we'll continue to go around the futures market in college football next year on football full circle
1: 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
0: To football full circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens.
3: Value to be had already, even in the first week of May, when it comes to betting the futures market in college football for the 2022 season. We focus on the Big Ten right now, Joe, and then we go maybe to the SEC West, where I know you're already cooking some things up as you start your early breakdown here for next season. Now, we just discussed the Big Ten East, right? We had Ohio State as the heavy odds on favorite to win the East Division at minus 300. Michigan, the second best odds at plus 450. Is there value? Value on Michigan State and or Penn State at 12-1? to Maybe, just maybe. I like the Spartans and what they return certainly this year, but I don't know if anybody is going to knock off Ohio State. I do think there is a ton of value in the Big Ten West where there is no odds on favorite at the moment. Wisconsin has the shortest number at plus 185, followed by Nebraska with the second best odds at plus 250. Purdue, the third best price at plus 370. Iowa plus Plus 550, Joe, with the fourth best odds. Then Minnesota rounds out the top five at nine to one. A bunch of plus money
4: in the Big Ten West. Where's
3: Lisey putting
4: his? Yeah, at least, I can't believe I'm looking at this and they have Nebraska plus two. Yeah, when was the, baby. When was the last time Scott Cross won a memorable game? I will say this in, in regards to Nebraska. Casey Thompson is possibly the best quarterback uh, in Lincoln since I want to say maybe 2008. I mean 2009. I mean, when you think about some of the quarterbacks that they well, have. Taylor run Martinez? Taylor Martinez used to shot put the football. He didn't even have a perfect throwing motion. I mean, come on. So I will give them that. I can't back Nebraska plus 250. I will say two teams that intrigue me in terms of the West – and I was on him last year in terms of I was on Minnesota and P.J. Fleck, Tanner Morgan. Now Ibrahim goes toe-to-toe. He was lighting up Ohio State's defense in the first game of the year, right? He tweaks an ankle. He goes down. All of a sudden, the Golden Gophers lose and don't cover that yeah. week one matchup. They had Ryan Day on the ropes in that ball game. But I really, like, I really like what P.J. Fleck has done. He cultivated the talent in terms of Tanner Morgan, love him or hate him. He predicates physicality on the the offense and defensive lines. He likes to run the football at nine to one with Ibrahim coming back. I like Minnesota in terms of winning the West. And then the other one, I'll give you. How about Purdue with Jeff Brom? What he was able to do. I mean, mm. I mean, unbelievable getting the bowl win over Tennessee. Dita on the defensive side of the ball. They lose Carl Loftus, but I don't care. At yeah. plus three seventy, my money's on Minnesota and Purdue to win the West this year. I think Minnesota has so much value in this marketplace
3: at 9-1. to one. Mo Ibrahim will be back. And Mo Ibrahim should be the Big Ten running back of the year if he remains healthy for P.J. Fleck and the Golden Gophers this year. I have my thoughts on Tanner Morgan and how he was a huge beneficiary of having both Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman two years ago in 2019. That made him one of the most efficient passers in the history, in the history, Lisi, of college football. But I'll save those for another day. There is value on Minnesota. And my biggest knock against the Gophers following 2020, which was a very strange year for everybody, but because they had so little depth defensively and so little experience defensively, what would the defense do in 2021 to be better? Because there was only one way to go for Minnesota last year, and they found that way to improve. A top 10 defense in the country in both rushing defense and passing defense last year. So credit to one- Minnesota was able to do defensively and I think there is a ton of value on that nine to one price but the only area I can look and the only area I have placed a bet already Joe Lisi on this college football campaign is Iowa to win the West at plus 550. Frankly I'm astonished that the Hawkeyes have the fourth best odds at such a large number. Have we forgotten about the Iowa Hawkeyes once again? A 10 and 2 football team in the regular season last year who won the Big Ten West and represented this division, although be it a wonky year, but represented this division in the Big Ten championship game against Michigan. I know they got absolutely barnstormed in Indianapolis, but that doesn't matter in terms of cashing this ticket to win the Big Ten West. And not only that, Lacey, Iowa returns 76% of their production from last year. That is by far, by 6 percentile points, the most in this division within the Big Ten West. It is the third most in the conference over Overall, only behind Indiana and Ohio State. I cannot believe the Hawkeyes have the fourth best odds, but I will take it at that big price at plus five fifty. I love every part of that price at plus five fifty, Lisi. It's why it's the only bet I have put onto the ticker so far for this college football campaign.
4: I love what Kirk Ferentz has done, right? Another blue-collar coach. And I have been on Iowa in the past. I was on them back in the day in 2015 uh, when they got to the Big Ten Championship against Michigan State. The one thing I can tell you, I was on them a couple of years ago as well, where they started 0-2, lost two tough ball games, and yeah. then reeled off five straight wins, is that you have to bet Iowa every other year. So they, they were right in the mix in terms of the Big Ten Championship last year. They tend to go every other year. They lose Linderbaum, their center. They lose yep. Tyler Goodson, their running back. Running backs are a diamond dudson in terms of the ones that they recruit, right? They're, they utilize three backs at all times. So I'm not concerned about that. But Linderbaum to that offensive line might take a step back slightly earlier in the season. I, I think it's good value. Hey, I'm not going to deny it. They're, they can play with teams that run the football. It's teams that yep. stretch them at times vertically, where they struggle in terms of the quarterback position. Petrus wasn't the answer at the uh, start of the year, and then uh, obviously at the end of the year as well. The backup, I forget his last name, came in, Padilla. and they they were right. They were yeah. inconsistent, especially against Michigan. Could not move the football through the air. That's where they're going to struggle. But at plus five fifty. Man, that is a pretty good price considering. I, I uh, you might, you might get me in on that. I, I don't love it because I might, you might, but uh, I mean, you're almost getting six to one on a team that that went to the Big Ten championship. That is pretty good value. I will tell you this: the one team I'm not backing in any capacity is Wisconsin. I don't care if they return. All their 22 starters. For me, I'm not sold on Paul Chris. I'm not sold on the quarterback position. Graham Mertz, whoever starts in Madison. And the way Chris coaches down to the level of competition, he's a one-trick pony. They're a money burn completely every year. So that's the one team I would say I'm not betting on in terms of the Big Ten West this season.
3: Wisconsin- by far the best rushing defense in the country their opponents only averaging 65 yards per game a season ago that was ahead of even that Georgia defense that had double digit players drafted in the 2022 NFL draft five in fact in the first round I expect Wisconsin to be there they deserve to be the favorite right now in my opinion I would not bet them at plus 185 but I agree with the sentiment Joe if you're going to have quarterback questions about Spencer Petrus in Iowa City and rightfully so you should have those quarterback questions, then the same need to be put to task for Graham Mertz, because until we see that step taken, well, then we can't necessarily back it. But Braylon Allen, now for his sophomore season in Madison, is going to be a beast, certainly, at that running back position. Let's have the Nebraska conversation, shall we, Uh, Lisey? If you guys do not know this about me, here on Football Full Circle, I spent the first two years of my professional life living and working in Omaha, Nebraska, at a local TV affiliate there, covering all All things Nebraska Cornhuskers. They have a soft spot in my heart. My final year there, Scott Frost was hired as the new head coach. It is now the fifth year for Scott Frost in Lincoln, Nebraska. He was brought back, restructured deal, incentivized to finally have a good season. Or, if he does not, Joe, well, we'll have to await and see. These notes were in my phone sometime in early November. They need to be updated, Joe, but I keep them in my phone nonetheless. At the time of these notes, I think the second weekend of November it was Scott Frost's time at Nebraska is the headline. The overall record, 15 and 27 straight up. The Big Ten record, 10 and 24 against his own conference, against his own division. Lacy just six and 15 against the Big Ten West, and still has never beat Iowa or Wisconsin during his tenure in Lincoln, Nebraska. And yet, Nebraska finds themselves with the second best odds to win the West Division
4: at plus 250. What do you make of that, Joe Lisi? Well, I think part of it is because they got the quarterback, Casey Thompson. Now, I will say this in terms of the balance of Scott Frost. When he got there, Nebraska was in shambles on the defensive side of the ball. He got there a couple, three, four years ago, they were giving up around 195 rushing yards per game. You look at this front seven over the last couple of years, they have gotten progressively better year after year. They only allowed 146 rushing yards per game. Now, you implement Casey Thompson. You look at the offensive balance. They chucked it for over 260 last year, rushed it for 180. It's starting to resemble what he had in UCF. It's taken a little bit longer in terms of getting there to cultivate that talent and get the type of recruits in there, but I tell you what, I love Casey Thompson. I I thought he should have been the starter last year. I don't know why Sark went with Hudson Card to start the year week number one and then gave way to to Casey Thompson. He solidified his role in terms of the bowl win the year the year before so I'm happy that he's got a fresh start now wide receivers are a concern we saw defensive playmakers move on Uh, Taylor Britt moved on to the NFL they have to solidify this defense in the secondary front seven I think they're going to be great you know what If they put a win total of, what do you think, eight, eight and a half for Nebraska? I think he gets over there this year. I think there's the potential for Casey Thompson to maybe be Big Ten Player of the Year with maybe 35 touchdowns wow joe lisi
3: starting to drink the husker kool-aid another off-season another off-season national championship for the nebraska corn huskers the hype never slows down in lincoln even when you're a three and nine football team the year before we'll continue the nebraska conversation because i have some thoughts to add as well up next year on football full circle on sports grid radio
1: 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
0: The
3: football full circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. FFC is the place to be where we talk some CFB, otherwise known as college football. Looking at the future odds across the country right now with a focus in the Big Ten Conference here as we get ready to keep it rolling on Football Full Circle on Sports Grid Radio and Sirius XM Channel 159. He is Joe Lisi. I am Ben Stevens. We were looking at the odds in the Big Ten West Division and somehow some way A Nebraska Cornhusker football team that was three and nine in twenty twenty-two has the second best price to win the Big Ten West division at plus two fifty, less than a dollar behind Wisconsin, who is the favorite at plus one eighty-five. In what world? You're thinking to yourself, after having watched Scott Frost and the Huskers for the past four years in Lincoln, could Nebraska have the second-best odds to win a West Divisional title and represent this side of the conference in the Big Ten championship game? In what world, Joe Well... Here's the world where I think it starts. Scott Frost retooled the entirety of his offensive staff over the offseason. Pretty much fired everybody. Brought in a new offensive coordinator in Mark Whipple from Pittsburgh, who made Kenny Pickett a Heisman finalist, a part of a Pittsburgh Panthers offense that led them to an ACC title. Then he brought in Mickey Joseph as his wide receivers coach. Mickey Joseph has spent the last couple of years in Baton Rouge at LSU, known as one of the best recruiters in the country country. They get Trey Palmer to transfer. They get DeColdis Crawford to find his way to Lincoln, Nebraska. They have added some talent on the outside where they certainly have needed to do. Of course, as Joe mentioned, they get the transfer in Casey Thompson as well. And don't forget Chuba Purdy who is behind him as well in terms of the quarterback spot of what they might have. So this has been completely retooled. But the idea of having Nebraska, Joe, with the second best price is what always Happens every season, off every season, every off season, I should say, in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's the hype train. It's the off season national championship where that momentum continues to build because you could be a three and nine football team the year prior, and by the time you get to spring ball, everybody in the entirety of the state of Nebraska will have high hopes and high optimism for the next year for the Huskers. But this is the time in year number five for Scott Frost to. Mark my words, put up or shut up. Because if he does not win this year, if these results are not actually on the field, Scott Frost's time as the head Husker is going to be coming to a close rather quickly. We just looked at the schedule, Joe. What would you estimate is Nebraska's team win total for 2022?
4: Yeah, we figured it out. We think it's going to be in the area of eight, eight and a half because of the the teams that they have to play. They open, like you mentioned, in Dublin against Northwestern. They face Illinois. They face Rutgers. They face North Dakota. They face uh, Georgia Southern. So we're giving them at least six wins out of the out-of-conference along with the weaker teams of the Big Ten. And then they have crossover games as well with Michigan, which is a very... Difficult ball game. Iowa, uh, Wisconsin, Oklahoma. That game. That's a rematch of of the rivalry of the Big Eight. So they're gonna have to at least win two or three of those to get over an eight and a half win total and you know what I think they can to your point about Mark Whipple if people want to know about what Mark Whipple did with Kenny Pickett I'll tell you what he did he got there two years in terms of Pittsburgh Kenny Pickett in terms of his sophomore and junior seasons 13 touchdowns nine interceptions it wasn't until his senior season that he busted out for 40 plus touchdowns and became ACC player of the year but it took a couple of years under Mark Whipple he just didn't do that in year one there was a learning curve. So is there a learning curve with Casey Thompson uh, and Mark Whipple? I don't think so because Casey Thompson, I thought was a more polished quarterback at Texas where he was in his career than Kenny Pickett was with Doozy in terms of the ground and pound mentality. So that being said – I think that they have an opportunity. And I'll say this about Brock Purdy, uh, Ch- uh, Chuba Purdy. It's yeah. Brock Purdy's bro- brother. I actually thought Chuba was the best quarterback in terms of Florida State's roster a couple of years ago with Travis Jordan and all the other quarterbacks. He just got hurt against NC State, never played, and wasn't given a shot to beat out Mackenzie Milton uh, as the second you know, quarterback last year. So if he does fall, Chuba Purdy's an adequate backup that can maybe yeah. lead this team as well. And the thing also that provides optimism
3: for Nebraska heading into 2022, although a 3-9 and nine football team straight up, 7-5 against the spread. All nine yep. of their losses, Joe Lisi, by single digits. Nine points or less. All nine. So they were competitive in every single game. And as an underdog, Nebraska was four and one against the number. The only time they did not cover as a dog on a Saturday night in October in Lincoln against the Michigan Wolverines when they won by three or when Michigan won by three, and Nebraska was booked as a two and a half point favorite. So competitiveness is great. But now it's time to see the actual results and the outcomes needed in Lincoln, Nebraska. To back up the fact that you're probably going to have a team win total at 8-8 and a hook. And the fact you are plus 250 to win the Big Ten West. With the second best odds when you are 6-15. Maybe even worse than that now. With Scott Frost's overall record against the Big Ten West throughout his four years currently. in Lincoln heading in to year number five. So from the Big Ten West, Lisey, we go over to the SEC west where earlier in the show during one of our commercial breaks we were breaking down the value in that division because in that division as the conference has run through tuscaloosa alabama is the favorite at minus 400 minus 400 is the price on the tide in the sec west but lisa you were concocting something you were putting something mm-hmm. together a little <laughs> Taz on this thursday in the early portion of
4: may what do you got in the sec west Well, I think they're – and Alabama clearly is head and shoulders above everybody, right? That's why they're minus 400. But I think you saw it last year in terms of the spread perspective. Alabama won, but they didn't cover. Now, when you look at some of the games, Arkansas was listed as a a 20-and-a-half-point dog. They went toe-to-toe, lost by eight, right? LSU was a a 29-and-a-half-point underdog, went on the road to Tuscaloosa and was in striking distance to pull that ball game out. Auburn, double-digit dog, took Alabama. Alabama to overtime, right? Yep. A M, eighteen and yep. 18 and a half point dog, wins the ball game outright. The only team that didn't cover the spread basically out of the West was uh, Ole Miss, where they were booked as a 14 and a half point favorite uh, yep. underdog. They fell behind 42 nothing and lost by 21. So I think if we're looking at that, Right, there is value in terms of all the other SEC West teams. Now, for me, it is Texas A&M with with Max Johnson. I love LSU. Call me crazy, but at oh. twenty five to one, you get uh, arms. Or excuse me, Jaden Daniels coming back. You yep. you get. Uh, um, I can't think of his name. I'm thinking Flynn, but uh, the the kid that started uh, week one a couple of years ago um, against Mississippi State, Chucked it. I'll, but anyway, they I'll get Ray Jenkins. It. Right. Yeah. Jure Jenkins and Keyshawn Booty are two of the top wide receivers, not just in the SEC, maybe in the yeah. country. Yeah. And you, now you bring in Brian Kelly, I'll take a shot. And then why not take a shot on Arkansas as well with K.J. Jefferson? Sam Pittman's a covering machine. He led that team to a bowl win over Penn State in the Big Ten. I mean, there's value across the board. The only one that I think doesn't have a shot because he's on live support is Brian Harson in Auburn. Because yeah. the quarterback plays terrible with Calzada and T.J. Finley. Yeah,
3: I would agree with that. I am not touching Auburn with anything this year. And when they play Penn State early on in this season, I'll take Penn State each and every time. Were you thinking Miles Brennan? Yeah. You uh, know, I was thinking
4: Flynn, Matt Flynn for some reason. I'm going old school. But Miles Brennan left the team. Kelly got him back. Then Jaden Daniels transferred over. Listen, LSU is not going to win games consistently with with Jaden Daniels. He didn't show that at Arizona State. Didn't step up in a big game. Uh, when you look at when you look at Miles Brennan, he's yeah. more polished and now has a relationship with both of those guys, Jare Jenkins and and KeShawn Booty. I completely
3: agree. I mean, you have two great options, the exciting potential of Jaden Daniels and what he can do under Brian Kelly's offensive mastermind, or Miles Brennan, who Brian Kelly got to come back to Baton Rouge, as Joe just laid out. And with Kayshawn Booty and what they have on a skill perspective on the outside, LSU could be dangerous, and the value at 25 to 1 is something to pay attention to. Again... I don't think anybody beats Alabama in the SEC West. I think Alabama will be in the SEC championship game probably – Against Georgia, who's minus 750, by the way, to win the SEC East Division this year, where Tennessee has the second-best odds alongside Florida at 14 to one. But that doesn't mean there isn't value. Of course, A&M at six to one is a sparkling number. Ole Miss, as Joe laid out with Jackson Dart and the idea of what could happen in that high-octane offense under Lane Kiffin, is certainly an intriguing number in 25 to one on Brian Kelly. Maybe the expectation, Joe, in Baton Rouge is not that it happens year number one with a new head coach, but they didn't bring him there and pay him all that money and cause all the ruckus that it did in college football just to come out for basketball games and save family in a weird Southern accent. <laughs> they expect him to win football games, to win the West Division, and to represent this division winning SEC championship games against the rest of the conference. I don't know, Lisey, if we'll see LSU at 25-1 to to win the SEC CC West another year in the tenure of Brian Kelly unless it completely flames out. That could be a number we don't see again, Lisey, truly,
4: at twenty five to one in the Bayou Bengals. And and think about this. They were 150 to 1 right after the Super Bowl. And, yeah. and they just dipped to win it all. Okay. Yeah. Now obviously that's a high expectation, but they are now 70 to 1. so what you know you think about that $80 off the price you could have gotten LSU and now granted it it is like a diamond in the rough it's a a miracle if it happens but Mm -hmm. you can't say that it it can't this team won a a national championship just two years ago and and if we talk about the mindset there's only specific teams in the SEC that feel that they could go toe to toe with Alabama and punch them in the mouth in the in the east it's Georgia right in the west it's a couple of Teams. you got to say LSU feels that way Auburn feels that way good or bad because it's a rivalry game Ole Miss maybe is getting that mindset along with Arkansas and A&M certainly thinks that now after they knocked yeah. them off at home
3: last year indeed absolutely so A&M and Jimbo Fisher have all the confidence in the world even before they had the win to knock off Nick Saban in the Crimson Tide when you think of where LSU is Joe brings up a great point 70 to 1 that's the 11th best odds to win the national championship Top eleven in the country is pretty good from an odds perspective. Yet they have the fifth best price out of the seven teams in the SEC West Division. That doesn't add up. That doesn't track. Maybe it's the betting public coming in hammering Brian Kelly. I don't think so. To cut your odds by more than half. So it's 70 to 1. There is an expectation from the smartest people in the room. The risk makers, the odds makers, because they can't lose all this money, to put LSU at 70-1. to There is an expectation from a big picture point of view that LSU does have the moxie, the talent, and the makeup to at least contend, Joe, for a national championship. So when they're seventy to one with the eleventh best odds, but they have the third longest odds at twenty-five to one to even win their own division within their own conference, it should show you that there is not a contra- or there is a contradiction in these marketplaces, which might mean the value on LSU to win the SEC West Lisey at twenty five to one might just be worth a sprinkle.
4: And think about this. Ed O'Giron, great coach in terms of yeah. recruiter and motivation, not a good X's and O's coach. That's the difference with Kelly. He's a better in game manager than Ed O'Giron ever was, and that's why I think they have great value. And who can knock his recruiting style when
3: he stands up on this weird roundabout thing and hugs his recruits and does weird dance moves with them? That sounds like a great recruiter to me, Lacey. Anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about that more on the other side of the break here as we round out this Thursday edition of Football Full Circle. On
1: 21 plus only must be president of Virginia. If you are someone, you know, has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply.
0: Listening to football full circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens.
3: Joe Lisi, I think we're market movers as we end out our time here on Football Full Circle on this Thursday on Sports good Radio and Sirius XM Channel 159. Because he's Joe Lisi, I'm Ben Stevens. I say we're market movers, Lisi, because yesterday we started to turn our focus to the futures market when it comes to college football. Now that the NFL draft has come to a close and the draft grades have been settled here on this show, the NFL offseason slows down for just a little bit. But we're past the halfway point now of this offseason offseason in college football before we know it summer workouts into fall camp so Lisi, this is our time to look at the odds to win a national championship and conference odds and divisional odds within those leagues and yesterday Lisey we saw Clemson with the fourth best price to win a national championship we detailed it 10 to 1 a Clemson team that had the worst year ever last year and still found a way to win 10 football games, including six straight to end out the year. 10 to 1 is now 9 to 1, Lacey, on the FanDuel Sportsbook. You think one of our listeners placed a big bet on Clemson with the fourth best odds to win the Natty?
4: Well, it's possible. I mean, listen, it's Clemson, NC State, and I think everybody else in terms of the ACC. You know, Pittsburgh might be there with Slovis, but I don't see it, especially with Whipple moving on. So, realistically, Clemson has the best defense hands down. Mm. Obviously, Brad Venable is no longer there. What do you get out of the quarterback position? You need balance for Dabo to get this ticket or at least get back to the college football playoff. They need to elevate the quarterback position Two. They need to double the production in 2022.
3: And the quarterback position in Raleigh with Devin Leary under yep. Dave Doran for the NC State Wolfpack is solidified. He might be the best in the conference as of right now. And here's a correlated market for you, Lisey. If you think NC State has a shot to win the Atlantic, they're plus 750 right now where Clemson is minus 320. If you think NC State can win the Atlantic, meaning they knock off Clemson, meaning they win the ACC and get to the college football playoff, 200 to 1 on the Wolfpack to win the national championship. He's Joe Lise. I'm Ben Stevens. Thanks for joining us here on a Thursday on Football Full Circle. The money line with Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside is up next on Sports Grid Radio.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this
1: charming devil.